Welcome back, creeps. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Gangsta Dulce over there. <laughs> oh, I do this every week. Patron of the week is asparagus. I fucking hate you, asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't like asparagus. But the actual patron of the week is Ashley Ray. Oh, Ashley Ray. All right, Ashley, fellow Houstonian, I do believe. Oh, sick. Yeah. Fucking sick. Absolutely. Now, Ashley, uh, we really, really appreciate you. And uh, thanks, doll. Yeah, thanks, doll, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week, me and Dulce are going to be doing some reading. Surprise! Oh shit! So I it actually I didn't just bring my reading glasses. My glasses. <laughs> so it was actually just coincidence, really, because I was like, okay, we'll do like a nice light, light-hearted topic after months and months of werewolves so diet weekly creep diet weekly creep and uh i was like looking i had one picked out and then i was like mm, no okay yeah fuck it change of plan how about i look up some really good military ghost stories oh yes because they are one of my favorites like uh like that i know Devin teeter has sent us in a good few from blunt force history mm. and we love it we love to hear them we but love it Turns out, today, <laughs> turns out today is actually Veterans Day. Is that today? Yeah. Oh. That's why Miss Brenda has a lovely American flag. I honestly didn't even notice. Yeah. I don't look over there since you told me that one time that you got the pants scared off of you because there's a scarecrow behind her hedges. It's still there. Yeah. It's so still I, catching <laughs> my eye. I, I caught myself getting scared of it the other day when I was washing dishes. I just looked up and I saw it. <laughs> it's weird, right? It's very weird because you can only see like from the shoulders up. Yeah. Because the hedges are so tall. So, But it's no, because it's just resting in the hedges. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. But either way, you can only see its shoulders yeah, up. it doesn't help. No. So Miss Brenda is a nice old lady across the street and... Uh, Who's giving us nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> but her helper, the lady who like helps like do her day-to-day -day things is she the one that put that in there she as soon as halloween was over because i'm pretty sure it was the next day i went over to do something in the house and uh she was like oh i just filled up this cornucopia with flowers <laughs> it's like what the fuck <laughs> yes <Yeah, so laughs> it was like the a shade past midnight in halloween and she's decorating for thanksgiving like you know? <laughs> she's awesome. so on the ball yeah, yeah. with everything or like saint patrick's day whatever yeah she has her fucking that's neat i just yeah. filled this cornucopia with flowers yeah and because she always has like a half a joint sitting in her car yeah so she's always just super mellow yeah <laughs> she's like 60 something too <laughs> uh anyway so that's how I knew it was Veterans Day today, <laughs> because there was an American flag flying from Brenda's house. Okay. KY girl. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> because she's from Kentucky, uh huh. Her like. She calls herself a KY girl. KY girl, yeah. But all I can think of. KY is jelly. KY jelly. Jesus. <laughs> It's fucking gross. Like, all right, that's your preference. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get. I was about to use somebody else. Let's get else's, jellied uh, up. Let's get. 
let's slip right into these stories. <laughs> let's slip and slide on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got a little bit off track there. But no, so I did. I was trying to Let's find... plunge into it. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of a Are you going to give me related... a fistful of yeah. stories? <laughs> Damn it, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so... What I was trying to say, what I was trying to say was, I had, I was trying to specifically find military stories, but like first-hand stories, not like you know, oh the white lady of this barracks or whatever. Um, although one of them is a little bit like that, but it just meant that it brought up a load of stories that might have featured the word military in it. Oh. So like one, for example, it's still a good story. Yeah. But the only actual military references, they had like a military knife. Oh. Okay. But there are, I tried to get as many actual military stories too. But just as a get go, this first one is not actually a military story. Anyway, I'm going to say this at the start, guys, because if you're listening to this, if you could please rate and review us on iTunes, five stars only. And also, if you want to send us in your own personal ghost stories, because I know you all have personal ghost stories. We know you do. Yeah, we know you have them. No matter how insignificant you might think they are, we still want to hear them. Tell it to us. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I'm going to go go on with the story now. Okay, tell it to me. It's by Reddit user No Homo Sapiens. <laughs> yeah. Long time lurker here. First time poster. So here goes. This is the story of the time I saw an apparition that looked like it crept right off the silver screen. This encounter happened in the late summer, early fall of 2007. I was in the fourth grade and my family had just moved to the absolute boonies of rural <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> Oof, nothing there. Yeah, I'm picturing like a whole lot of nothing. deliverance. Like, like swampy. Yeah. Yeah, Lots probably. of... Uh, like fingers of clouds creeping across the fucking thing. Fingers, fingers covered in KY. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. I was born in Mississippi and still had a lot of family down there, but my father had been stationed in another state for the previous several years. Military. So I guess you could say we were moving back home. My parents were in the market to buy a house, but until they found one, we would be staying with my great aunt and her family. My aunt had a beautiful but slightly run down, hundred and something year old house in the woods on the outskirts of an abominably small town. In order to get to her home, you had to drive down a one lane dirt road through the woods. On this particular afternoon, my sisters and my cousin, who is about our age, were playing tag in the front yard of our aunt's house. Now, you need to know a little bit about the layout of this yard. The yard was longer than it was wide, Picture a rectangle with the house at one end and the dirt road at the other end. If you're looking at the house from the road, the right side of the yard is bordered by muddy soil, thick trees and bamboo that creates a sort of natural border to the property. On the other side of the yard is a length of tropical leafy bushes about waist high that run from the front porch almost down to the road, separating the yard from the driveway just on the other side of the plants. Near the road, in the middle of the yard, was a ginormous old oak tree dripping with Spanish moss. Oh, that sounds so, nice. Yeah, it sounds fucking dreamy. Now, back to the game. 
This particular round of tag, I was it. My siblings and cousin were running around the yard and house, trying to hide behind various things. As I was scanning the yard, I noticed the figure of a girl with long, straight brown hair peeping her head out from behind the big oak tree. She was wearing a dress that fell below her knees, which was very different from what the rest of us kids were wearing, namely cut-off jean shorts and stained t-shirts. I also thought it was odd to see someone there since I could have sworn I saw all of the girls run in the opposite direction towards the house. But I figured I would go check it out anyway. As I made it to the tree, I looked behind the trunk and there was no one there. I was beyond confused at this point. My 10-year-old brain didn't immediately jump to ghost. It was more along the lines of, who the heck is there? Who the heck in hell is there? (laughs) The tree was in the centre of our yard, with no other trees or shrubbery within 20 yards or so. So if the girl would have run from behind the tree, I should have seen her. At this point, I start scanning the yard, and my eyes happen to fall to those tropical bushes that border the driveway. Crouching down, near the bushes was the same figure of the girl. I remember her squatting near the leaves and peering in my direction when I noticed that she had no face. Oh my God. How the fuck did she not notice that? Yeah, I don't know. Absent of any facial features. Eyes, lips, nose, you know, the huge. (laughs) Her face was just a smooth expanse of flesh-colored skin. Wow, so like a flesh egg. Yeah, or just that fucking, yeah, regular egg on the top of a body. It looked like someone straight out of Silent Hill. Nice. At this point, I must have looked away, and then she was gone. I have never seen this apparition since. That's crazy. Yeah, right? Hell yeah. She says, Now, I honest to goodness recall this encounter, just as I have described it above, but it was also 14 years ago. It's quite possible that my memory has faltered in some aspects or exaggerated in others, But this is how I remember it. Either way, it was terrifying. Yeah, it was. Yeah, middle of the day as well. I think like sometimes that makes it even worse. Yeah. It reminds me of um, what was that TV show? That the first series was like pretty good, and then the second series was an absolute flop. It's on Netflix. The haunting of something. Oh, haunting of something hill. Yeah. Yeah. There's like all of the people listening to this are, it's this <laughs> fucking idiots. It's this. <laughs> you know, what's even scarier uh, is that because this was 14 years ago and what if it, what if her, mer- her memory did something scary and like, remember, like back in the day, she probably did have facial features, but as the years went on, her memories just, just been peeling away. Them. Yeah. Or erased. how scary was it that she was like, actually, no facial features is oh, less yeah. scary. Yeah, because facial features that she did see in actuality, yeah. terrifying. The Haunting of Chapelwaith Hill. It's something really Englishy. All right. So this is from user Day Davy, and it's called Haunted Military House. This post relates to a house I lived in almost six years ago, but still gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think about it. I'm from the U.S. and my husband is in the military in the U.K. And this all started when I was first joining him after we got married. We were allocated a house in Scotland. Firstly, it wasn't a great start as my mom and I decided to Google Earth my new address and of course straight away saw something terrifying looking in one of the windows upstairs. But we laughed about it and didn't think twice. I then moved in. 
From the get-go, I hated the feeling in the house. It just felt eerie to me. I felt like I was constantly looking over my shoulder, like someone was watching me. I just got creepy vibes, constantly. I then started noticing weird things, like the spare bedroom door would not stay shut. I would shut it where the door latch would be secure, go in my bedroom and come out, and it would be open again. I seriously hated that room. I never went in there. It always felt cold and off-putting to me. Then random stuff would happen, like I'd go downstairs in the middle of the night to find the door to our backyard wide open. I'm a worrier. Never go to bed without locking and rechecking all the doors. And random stuff like that would continue to happen. Then the sounds started. All the time, I would hear someone going up and down the stairs. My husband acknowledged these noises too. I seriously hated being in this house alone. I would cry if my husband had to go away for work and I had to be home alone. Absolutely awful. Anyways, my best friend decided to come visit from California for two weeks. I joked around with her about how she got to stay in the haunted room and she literally told me to fuck off. Didn't believe or care about crap like that. The following morning, after her first night there, she said something about me coming into the room that night. I was baffled, as I didn't go into her room. And she proceeded to tell me that she woke up with the feeling of her upper body being pinned down and her legs were not. She said she thought I came in and asked her if she was okay, but she couldn't speak back. This totally could have been sleep paralysis, but whatever it was, freaked her out enough to the point where she wouldn't stay in that room for the remainder of her trip. Fast forward to the end of her trip, it was the day before she was getting ready to fly home. Just so happened that my husband was leaving on a work trip the same day. He comes in from work, all excited to tell me something. Turns out that he was speaking with someone from work. These were all military quarters slash military-only neighborhoods. And he had mentioned that I thought our house was haunted. The guy proceeded to tell my husband he had a friend that lived in a house on our street who thought their house was haunted. The family ended up picking up and moving abruptly after a final straw. When the mom walked up and heard her daughter talking to someone. When asked who, the daughter replied, the man at the end of my bed. The guy said the military allowed them to switch houses as long as they signed something stating they wouldn't disclose their address to anyone because they didn't want the house to sit empty. Needless to say, I was so excited the day we got to move. Never since have I felt anything like that, or scared to stay on my own, etc. Just thought I'd share the story. Yeah, and I the reason why I shared the story was because I thought it was how fucking creepy that the military were like, okay, you can leave, but you have to sign this document swearing that you're not going to tell anybody that ghosts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. That house. That's why I left that in. I was like, that's fucking... How often does this happen that that's a thing that they yeah. have people sign? <laughs> like, Yeah. This next one is from Film Gorilla. I was a sergeant in the U.S. Army and ETSing slash getting out from the military when President Bush ordered more troops into Iraq in 2003. I had just returned home to Austin, Texas when I was summoned into my local National Guard unit at Camp Mabry 
Mabry, and told that I was being recalled to the army, but the unit was already tasked out to deploy to Iraq. I was not part of their unit yet, so the commander offered to give me a waiver to deploy with a government contractor, Halliburton, in Houston. I knew that I would make more money as a contractor, so I took the offer. Not long after arriving in Kuwait at Camp Doha, I began working with the operations team, overseeing logistics affairs. We would oversee the daily convoy of supply between Kuwait and Baghdad, a route riddled with IED incidents, small arms skirmishes, and almost constant breakdowns of army and civilian vehicles. Because I was a saw gunner in the 1st Infantry Division, while in active duty, and was technically still in the guard, I was often in the convoys, manning a mounted weapon that accompanied the mostly civilian convoys. I always just pictured the guy from Halo. <laughs> in, what was it? The Warthog? That was the thing? Oh, is that what it was called? That was the vehicle in, in Halo. That's about as military as my mind goes. During these runs, we had a few strange encounters in an area south of Baghdad, known then as Camp Babylon. Occupied by French troops, but then designated an archaeological site for obvious reasons, Camp Babylon was set up in the area that was said to originally be inhabited by the famous Tower of Babel. Indeed, there were ruins that did look like a massive structure once stood at that spot. That's amazing. I know, right? Like, what did this place look like before? I had two strange incidents happen to me while passing through there. The first incident seems a bit benign, but sets the mood for the second. We were passing through Camp Babylon in the afternoon one day when our convoy took small arms fire. The SOP at the time, standard operating procedure, was to stop the convoy and return fire. This was because, in the past, such incidents ended up being a long gunman attempting to scare the convoy into running into IEDs on the road. Because of this, the SOP changed to stop the convoy, dismount and return fire. Terrifying. Yeah. And now I'm picturing like the scene in Star Wars, like when they're just in the desert. (laughs) While engineers looked for explosive devices on the road, we scanned the horizon for enemies. Nothing. They most likely fled immediately. However, the runes around Camp Babylon were alive with shadow figures. Whoa. Yeah, remember, this is just the afternoon as well. That seemed to move about the area. Several times we would spot the figures but they would immediately disappear. A contractor lying beside me with his weapon commented, How odd that we are in the shadow of Babel and fighting the supernatural. What? Who's a fucking G.I. Zach Baggins beside him here? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I didn't respond, but I knew he was a 32nd degree Mason who was really into, into the arcane aspects of Babylon, etc. I didn't feel at the time that much was supernatural, but certainly did see the shadowy and bizarrely small figures about the structure. Once the road was deemed clear, we continued on to Baghdad. The second incident occurred about a month later. At this point, the weather in southern Iraq and Kuwait had turned quite cold at night. During this encounter, we had just completed the supply run to Baghdad and were returning back to Camp Doha in Kuwait when a vehicle in our convoy broke down. Once again, we found ourselves right at Camp Babylon. While the army mechanics took a look at the vehicle, uh, the army mechanics are just regular mechanics, but they're in the army. 
While the army mechanics took a look at the vehicle, and the rest of us took up fighting positions around the area, strange things began to occur. It started with a strange light bobbing in the desert. Thinking it was just a person with a flashlight, we used night vision goggles to watch. It was simply a glowing ball of light moving towards a set of runes. After initial contact with the light, a few of us had moved forward away from the convoy to see what the source was. After seeing it was self-contained and not a person, we were a bit alarmed. Then we heard a sound that I will never forget. A long wailing began from one of the ruined structures or foundations not far away. It sounded like a woman in agony, mixed with loneliness. On and on the sounds went while we huddled in the cold and dark, wondering what the hell we were listening to. With our night vision goggles equipped, we used our flashlights to spot to spotlight the ruins. If you've ever done this, you will know that a normal flashlight with night vision goggles looks like a massive beam of light. We scoured the area, but no source of the whales or the ball light were seen. About this time we were told via radio that the vehicle was pre- that the vehicle was repaired and ready to roll. So we decided to return to the convoy. I was slinging my saw over my shoulder when I noticed my contractor partner was staring at the ruins in horror. He was frozen. I shook him and he snapped out of his stupor, quickly leaving the area with the rest of us. Once we were back at the camp, and it was pleasantly daylight the following morning, several of us were chatting about the encounter at Camp Babylon before our daily operations briefing. It was then that I remembered the terrified expression on the face of the contractor, so I asked him about it. He was still obviously traumatised by the event, but managed to explain that, as we were leaving our position on the sandy hill, he saw a tall, black figure standing beside the ruins. It was watching us as we were looking for him, her, they, it. He said that he felt an instant wave of despair hit him and thought that he was going to die. He didn't remember leaving the area. His next memory was in the Humvee headed back to Q8. Wow. Yeah. Those are the kind of stories that I expect to hear from like these fucking horrific places. Yeah. All right. All right. This is from user I answer insurance questions. This happened in mine and my husband's first house several months after our oldest son was born. We lived in the house for almost four years before he was born that had never experienced anything like this before. It's actually the only time I've experienced something I'd consider to be paranormal. Whereas my husband claims his grandma's home was haunted growing up. Either way, this experience shook the both of us in a whole new way. We had finally decided to move our son into his nursery. For the first six, seven months, he slept in our room, in his own bassinet. But we decided it was time to get him adjusted to his crib and his room. So we gathered the strength and made it happen. We dug out the baby monitors that my mom had gotten us months prior to set up security, if you will. Granted, this was 1997, so they weren't anything fancy, but enough to help us feel better about our choice to move our son into his room. In addition to the baby monitors, (laughs) in addition to the baby monitors, we'd put one of those moving night lights in his room. The ones where the lampshade would project the pictures onto the wall 
moving ever so slowly. This one was made up of friendly sea creatures, and our son loved it. That's cute. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the sea creatures. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the first night that we actually slept separately from our son, we both woke up at the same time. My husband looked at me, and we listened to the monitor for a minute, but it was quiet. It didn't appear our son had woken us up. So what had happened? I almost just went back to sleep, calling it jitters, but my husband sort of grabbed my arm, not hard, but firm, and he whispered, What the hell? While looking straight ahead, following his gaze, I could see that each of the four drawers to our dresser were pulled open. I turned on the light, and we both hopped out of bed. It was around 2 a.m., and we were not sure what was going on, so we didn't speak with our mouths, just with our eyes and our bodies. I just added that last <laughs> My husband grabbed his military knife and motioned for me to follow him. I did, and he handed me another smaller knife, which I held tight, continuing to follow him. Me against the wall, him in front of me, walking towards the baby's room, and leaving no blind spots as we did. When we got to the room, my husband opened the door swiftly and with force, but quietly. Just our son, fast asleep. No one else. My husband tells me to stay with the baby while he checks the house. I ask him to please call 911, and he tells me he will as soon as he gets downstairs. He tells me he's going to shut the door, so when he does, I set the knife down pick up my son, and sit, rocking him back and forth, staring off at the fun sea creatures dancing on the walls. It was comforting. After sitting or rocking for a while, I start to feel a bit warmer. Not a fever, but best described as how it feels when someone sits real close to you. You can feel their body heat. While feeling this, I'm looking down at my son, debating if he looks or feels warm. But he looks comfortable, still sleeping so soundly. Suddenly, a mitten on my son's left hand flies off in a way that it might have if someone had ripped it off hastily. He wasn't moving his hands, and this hadn't woken him up. But it got me up. I was now standing, breathing a bit heavier, and wondering where in the heck my husband was. Moments later, my husband opens a door. It scared me at first. I just really wanted the sound of footsteps approaching to be his footsteps. When they were indeed his, I was so relieved and I hugged him, telling him rapidly, we gotta get out of this room, I think. He wasn't whispering any longer, telling me, okay, let's go back to our room or even downstairs. He started to shuffle us out, saying the police were going to send someone by. He said he checked everywhere in this house, that no one could possibly be inside. He seemed to feel better, but I was still afraid. We made our way to the family room, which was on the first floor, center of the house, really. You could see the whole area from the top of the stairs and from two of the bedroom doorways, our room and the baby's room. From where I was sitting, I could see the nightlight reflecting off my son's walls. So I watched them again. This time I was wary of the room, though. I couldn't help but wonder what the heck I had actually experienced up there. 
but I just try to keep my cool while waiting for the police. My husband asked me what I was staring at. I told him our son's room. Then I told him what I'd felt in there, which at first he sort of smiled at. And then in all sincerity, he told me, maybe it's a ghost, to which I said, excuse me? He didn't elaborate, probably the loud knock on the front door. The police were here now, waiting for one of us to let him in. Long story short, there was no guy, no person, at least not in our house, and not the surrounding area the officers had checked as soon as my husband's call came in. Quiet night in our town. I wasn't having it, though. At least not that night. I told my husband, let's get a hotel. Have our parents and such search the place again tomorrow. He said he would stay at the house, but send me and our son to his mom's house. By the next night, maybe it was even two nights that had passed, my husband had convinced me to come home. We were on the phone, and he told me that the house was fine. He had decided that we overreacted. For a bit, I guess, I agreed with him. When he picked us up from his mom's house later that day, I asked him what he thought about the mitten incident, the one that flew off of our son's hand. He just smiled again, and I asked, what about? He just thought I had nothing to worry about. Think of it like a guardian angel or something. No harm has come of this thing, right? I told him that he couldn't be serious, that if he thought our house was haunted, let's go, like now, back to his mom's. Then we sort of found a way to laugh it off. By the time we pulled into our driveway, I was very excited to sleep in our bed, happy to be home, and I actually felt sort of silly for making such a fuss. My husband put our son down in his room and then joined me on the couch with the baby monitor. I remember laying there sort of nodding off as we watched some late-night TV. Above the TV are the two bedroom doors. My peripherals are on my son's bedroom doorway, but I'm only keeping it there in the event something about it changes. Nodding in and out a bit before I'm wide awake. Sitting up straight. My husband saying something like, whoa, or what's wrong? But I just turn his head to the upstairs and he sees the same thing that I am. The fun sea creature light is spinning rapidly, or at least it's projecting as though it is. I tell my husband to go turn it off. Just as I do, we hear some sort of sound, maybe something falling. We know it came from our son's room because we hear it externally, but also through the baby monitor. He hops up, runs upstairs, heads in the room, and he's gone for a minute. When he comes back out, the baby is in his arms. He also has a diaper bag. He calmly asked me to grab our bags, which were still by the door, and to follow him to the car. We get settled. He tells me he's running in to grab some of his overnight stuff and to lock the doors. Then he's gone. So I do. I lock the doors and turn the headlights on, just wanting to illuminate all the darkness. My husband dashes outside. He's got a handful of stuff, and without a word, he buckles in and starts to back out of the driveway. We start heading back towards his mom's house. I hadn't even asked what had happened at this point, but five minutes into the drive, I had to know. He was checking to see if the baby was asleep, like he could actually understand 
what we were about to talk about. It was sweet, but also a little unsettling, because he, my not-scared-of-anything husband, was truly scared. We're going to stay with my mom for a minute, and then figure the rest out. Maybe sell the damn place. It's too small anyways. Sell the house? He just looked uncomfortable. Trying to get more out, but having a hard time with it. It opened up his drawers. When I went up there, the light was going nuts and his drawers were wide open. We can't stay there. And so we didn't. Sure, we got our stuff, but we never stayed there. And we didn't bring our son there. In the end, we had the place blessed, handed over the keys, haven't really looked back other than to talk about remember when, which isn't exactly frequent. Basically, I don't miss that house. Not even a little bit. Fair play to them. Because that's <laughs> one of those ones where you're like, as you're hearing the story, like, just fucking leave. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good for them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the drawer thing, it was just fucking creepy, right? Yeah. And then the fact that, like, they had been in the house for, what, four years beforehand? Mm. Nothing. It was only when they started using that other room. Fucking kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for some reason tonight is the loudest night we've ever recorded. We have about, we had about two hours between one job finishing and the next job starting. So I was like, okay, let's record right now. It's dark out and somebody is outside cutting their grass. They're like using a leaf blower or something. Yeah, so I don't even know that this dog's going crazy. The, uh, the, the leaf blower is driving the dogs crazy. Maybe that's what, yeah. But like. So I was like, okay, I'll take a break. I'll go have a shower, get ready for work, come back in and finish this. The dude was at the shower window, just <laughs> revving. Like, that's what it sounded like. It's like, what is fucking happening? Like, it's pitch dark outside. Anyway, so this is going to be the last story for tonight, I think. So sorry for the short episode. You might have to try and make it up next week. But anyway, this is from Reddit With user. Pics. Yeah. This is from Reddit user Don Leon 710 these events discussed have never been spoken to anyone else in full, and this is the first time I've written them down or documented them in any way. Interesting. Yeah. All right, calm down, Mulder. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because I thought of it to be insignificant to others, or they wouldn't have believed me. Either way, it still chills me to the bone and gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. I was enlisted in the Marine Corps, and while I was in MOS, the school where you learn your job in the military, back in the winter of 2015, we had several strange occurrences happen. It felt like everything about Camp Johnson was strange, but I digress. My MOS school was constantly cycling through people as the older ones went off to the fleet and new ones came in to pick up a class. It always seemed like there was new people who didn't know the everyday routine and would get us all in trouble. Every night it seemed like someone was running out late to formation, as that's how we accounted for everyone before we went to bed. No one went to bed until everyone was accounted for. If a marine got drunk as piss and showed up three hours late, we would stand there waiting. Fucking hell. If a marine was running out late, mostly everyone would yell out, RUNNER! <laughs> to encourage that person to not be late again and be embarrassed in front of everyone. Once everyone was accounted for, we would then post a guard on each of the floors in both barracks and everyone would be confined to their rooms for the night. Their doors weren't locked or anything, they just weren't supposed to come out. 
The duty would post in the middle of the hall and would walk back and forth occasionally. It was just one long hall, a bunch of doors and a staircase on both ends of the hall. Anyone out of their rooms would immediately be spotted. The first and second events occurred when I was on duty. The third happened in front of the entire formation. Because of these, I will always believe in the paranormal. The first occurrence I merely chalked up as just weird at the time and decided to leave it at that. I was posted on duty on the second floor reading my investment book that I had picked up the day prior when all of a sudden I heard footsteps coming down the hall on my floor to the left. I thought someone was out of their room and looked to find nothing. I went up a floor and down a floor and asked both marines that were posted if they had seen anything or heard anything which both told me no. That put me a little on edge, but I thought I was just hearing things and immediately dismissed it. I went back to my floor and jumped back into my book. In the middle of winter, North Carolina can be pretty frigid, and the barracks were always looked at as the warm, safe haven. That's why the coldness stood out. The barracks were never cold enough to make you shiver. I decided I was too cold to just sit there and read, so I started to pace back and forth in the hall to warm myself up. The entire time I had this sense of pure anxiety, but again I just chalked it up to my mind playing tricks on me and I must be tired. But I couldn't get those footsteps out of my head and a couple of times it sounded like they were right behind me. At this point I'm pretty freaked out, but again I tried to rationalise everything. As I'm walking from one end of the hall to the other, I pass through a very cold spot and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. This cold spot was very distinct, as I had been pacing back and forth and never felt it, and I immediately stopped in my tracks and slowly turned around, only to be greeted by an empty hall. Once again, I started to try and rationalise this and chalk it up to an anomaly, but I had to make sure the cold spot wasn't still there. As I turn around and I go to step, the light above me blows out, Not just goes dim or anything, but actually explodes. At this point, I'm done and just go back to my chair and read my book. I was too freaked out to put up with scary bullshit. The next morning, I chalked the entire night up to just a weird thing. I thought no one would believe me even if I did tell them. A lot of chalking up. Yeah. A lot of chalk. A lot of chalk. The second encounter occurred about a week or so later when I was on duty on the second floor again. What do you reckon they chalked this one up to? I don't know. It's powder everywhere. <laughs> I just imagine this guy talking in like powder coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Like he just ate he a bunch like of a, powdered yeah, donuts. Yeah, he has a big mustache and it's just <laughs> all covered in chalk powder. He's trying to whistle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second encounter occurred about a week or so later when I was on duty on the second floor again. This is where the hair on the back of my neck truly stands up because I know what I saw and heard that night and that will never leave me. As I'm trying to finish that same investment book, give up dude. (laughs) I heard laughing and footsteps coming from the left stairwell. I get up to go look, but this time someone is looking back. Oh shit. As a dark figure is peeking around the corner to the stairwell. Only the top of their head and their eyes were showing Mm. at a 90 degree angle from the door frame. No. As if they were parallel to the floor. Parallelogram. Parallelogram. 
with both hands next to his face, grabbing the side of the door frame. Whoa. What the fuck? Funny side story, though. So Adam and I were in bed and I didn't realize he had a, was in the middle of being awake and sleeping. And as in, I was drifting off to sleep for it. That's how a normal person would say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so something inspired me to yell parallelogram and it scared the shit out of me. He woke up. And I woke up angry, too. I was like, oh, what the fuck? What's happening? What did you say? <laughs> why what have i told you about shapes after eight o'clock no geometry <laughs> okay only the top of their head and their eyes were showing at a 90 degree angle to the door frame as if they were parallel to the floor with both hands next to his face grabbing the side of the door frame he was only there for a mere second if that but i was instantly frozen with fear when the figure jutted back into the stairwell, I snapped out of my panicked trance. I instantly ran down the hall, telling the person, or what I thought to be a person, to come back as they shouldn't be out of their room this late and need to go back. <laughs> what? It was like, stop being all parallel yeah. to the door frame. <laughs> stop hovering. <laughs> Once I hit the stairwell, I knew that I would be able to hear which way the person went as the stairs are noisy if you're running up and down them. I heard nothing. Again, I went to the duty below and above, and again, neither saw anything, and the only thing they heard was me when I called out to the person. I told them I thought I saw someone out of their room, and to just keep an eye out. I used the same stairwell I came from, and went back to my floor. As I turned the corner from the stairwell, I saw it again, but this time, for slightly longer. It was on the opposite stairwell, looking at me in the exact same position. Again, I froze in fear. I felt like prey at this point, but my mind again tried to justify this figure as a person, and just as I started to move to run full sprint to the other side, the thing juts back into the stairwell. Again, once I reached the stairwell and stopped to listen. Again, silence. I then ran up and down the stair, telling the Judies to help me search the building. At the end of the search, we found nothing. At this point, I was no longer thinking that this was just a person and went back to my floor. The rest of the night was fairly quiet and I didn't hear much of anything, but I was still anxious and freaked out, as you rightly should have been. As my shift was ending and I was anxiously waiting for my relief, I went to the window next to the stairwell we usually did turnover at. When I looked out to the parking lot, I saw someone running out in the grass. Anyone who's been in the Marine Corps knows you don't step on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and as I went to try and get a better look my relief came up the stairs and I looked away when I went to look back no one was there this was too late and too early for anyone to be awake I remember that but I don't remember the exact time I know what I saw that night and it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it now the third encounter isn't nearly as creepy as the second but the fact that I wasn't the only one who saw it is what makes this the scariest for me as it's been confirmed by others and I know I wasn't just seeing things. We were all standing in our formations, two formations on the left and the right and two formations facing towards the barracks. The two barracks buildings faced each other with one central walkway leading out towards the parking lot where we were. As runners came out, everyone could see them. I was in one of the formations that faced the barracks. 
Usually, during this time, plenty of people would be talking, even though they weren't supposed to. But this night was different. Everyone was quiet. To this day, I still don't understand why. My formation and the formations around me had gotten accountability and no one was missing from them. The new guys were still trying to organise themselves so I assumed that they were missing a person. When I saw a runner come out, I called it and so did a few others, but not nearly the amount that usually do. The night had no moon, so it was really dark and I was trying to see who the runner was, so I was just staring at him trying to get a better look. He runs up the walkway and to the left of the roundabout, and turns onto the sidewalk. I'm still trying to see who it is, but I'm assuming it's a new guy. Now, in between the sidewalk and the parking lot, there's a patch of grass and some trees, much too thin for someone to be hiding behind. Once this runner hits the second tree, he vanishes. Confused, I said out loud, What the fuck? And the guy next to me looks as pale as a ghost and said, You saw that too? (laughs) Just to confirm, I asked him what he saw, and he said, A runner, but he disappeared behind that there tree. At this point, every fibre of my body turns cold, and everyone starts clamouring pretty loudly. Our instructor looks up and tells everyone to shut up, and we go back to being silent. As this seems like it would be a massive talking point now, I actually never spoke about that incident to anyone else there, and I never heard anyone else talk about it. I think it was so real, we just didn't want to bring it up. Or maybe people just didn't want to believe it. The, you saw that too? Still proves to me that what I saw that day was real. Whatever the reason for no one talking about it, I know that these three encounters will haunt me until the day I die. Fucking hell. There's a huge moth outside. If she just caught the light... (laughs) That's anyway. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh, it's a moth monster man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. All right. We hope you enjoyed this almost military, slightly Veterans Day-esque uh, Oh, story. I just realized why you chose military. No, I didn't. I, that just was a... Oh, it was a coincidence. Pure coincidence, uh, yeah. Um, it took me a whole fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we spoke about this at the start, but it's yeah. okay. I'm tired. <laughs> um, All right. I guess it's time for you to go to work. Me take go take a shower. Yeah. Time to go to work. Um, and close the blinds so the moth monster man can't see inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you're new, welcome to the creep fest. I don't know where I was going with that. But if you're new, we appreciate you. Um, we appreciate you when we like Oreos. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm. Um. If you eat gluten-free Oreos, you can have three Oreos instead of two. Yeah. For the same calories. Jummy. Um, Okay, follow us on iTunes. I apologize about the Facebook. I saw a couple of comments on there, but for some reason it hasn't been loading for me. Something to do with Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. I don't fucking know. Mm. Um, That reptilian man. That reptilian man. Thank you all. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Reach out to us. Join the Patreon if you want some extra content content there will be more content coming this weekend um i've fallen behind on my editing but it will be getting done on sunday hopefully and i think that's about it yeah all right guys yeah have a fucking great weekend we love you loads bye bye we were passing through camp babylon (laughs) i thought someone was out for their room
That's what it says. 